Hey, Westside family. My name is Matt, and I am the co-leader for the Young and Free Group. Thank you for joining us for today's message. We hope that you are blessed by the Word of God through the speaking of our pastors and leaders, and we pray that this leads you into a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. We love you, and enjoy. Can you say it's a time to prophesy? So this message is going a little bit deeper. You never know what you're going to get here at Westside. Sometimes we're very practical. Sometimes we preach. Sometimes we teach. But then there's times that we get deep. And I believe in having a very well-balanced spirituality. I don't believe that we can become too deep and not pay attention to the practical because there's a saying that goes, you know, if you're too heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. And I fully believe in that. But you can't be always practical and not pay attention to the spiritual because then you miss out on the deeper levels that we can obtain with God and we miss out on this positioning that we can have with God to be used in a world that really needs to connect with the Lord. So today we're going to be talking about going in deeper in the way that we let God use our mouths. So we're in a situation socially, we're in situations in our families where we really need children of God, men and women of God, young and old alike, to hear the voice of God and to begin to step up and prophesy over people in need. In other words, we need people that are willing to hear from God and prophesy from a divine interjection that comes from the Logos and the Rhema Word. So I know I've said this numerous times, I'm going to say it again. Logos Word is the Word that you read. Rhema Word is a Word that comes from the revelation of God. But a Rhema Word, and this is Greek terminology, so... A rhema word never opposes the Logos word. The Logos, the written word of God, is the foundation, is the absolute truth that we build our life upon, that we direct our church with. It's how God leads, it's how God directs, it's how God speaks, it's how God prospers, it's how God empowers and impacts his people. So whenever there's a rhema word, a revelational word from God, It is always in unity with the Logos word. Now we as children of God, it's important that we realize the importance of expressing, declaring, and prophesying the word of God. The word of God as it is written, what Lorana was reading, at the end of worship, and the Word of God as God gives us a divine experience, a divine light bulb, for lack of better terms, a divine dream, a divine revelation, a divine amount of knowledge pertaining to a circumstance for maybe ourselves, or maybe for somebody that we can be used of God to influence. Now, I'm not speaking to you this morning about being prophets or being prophetesses. You can prophesy without being a prophet. 
You don't have to fulfill the office of a prophet to prophesy. Sometimes when you start talking about prophecy, people get a little bit weird. People start feeling a little bit weird because the term prophecy is connected with the term prophet. It's connected with the idea of foretelling futuristic events. And even though that is true, prophecy is very much so related to the office of prophet or role of prophet. And prophecy is highly related to the foretelling of futuristic events. Prophecy is also about declaring the written word of God or a rhema word of God that comes from a divine moment from the Lord in the middle of a circumstance to where somebody or some people need the power of God through his word to manifest. Does that make sense? So you can be in a hospital room and there is the need for God to manifest and you're praying, you're thinking, you're meditating and all of a sudden out of nowhere you can experience an injection from God. The Holy Spirit can impress upon you to declare a written word or a revelational word for the circumstance that is occurring inside of that hospital room. And this word is a direct word from God and so therefore it's going to produce a result that can only come from God himself. Are you breathing this morning? So we are in a lot of circumstances and situations to where people are lost, people are hurting, people are worried, people are in fear, people are in conflict, people are divided, and the list goes on. And we need to have some people. We need to have some children of God that is willing to say, okay, Lord, I am willing to hear your voice and therefore proclaim your voice or therefore prophesy your word over a circumstance so that your will can be done in this circumstance. Amen? Now let me prove this to you biblically. This is just an intro verse. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verses 1 through 5. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. But especially, can you say especially? That you may prophesy. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. But he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. But he who prophesies edifies the church or another. 
You see the difference? Someone who is speaking in tongues is about what's going on in them. Someone who prophesies by divine interjection edifies somebody else. I wish you all spoke with tongues, but even more that you prophesied. For he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues, unless indeed he interprets that the church may receive edification. So oftentimes when you dive into these five verses, the emphasis is the tongues. It's an area of scripture to nullify the speaking in tongues belief that follows Pentecostal, charismatic, full gospels, uh, and independent-based churches. But I don't, the emphasis is not tongues this morning. The emphasis is prophesying. Declaring a word slash the word of God for a circumstance where someone doesn't need human wisdom, doesn't need just a voice of encouragement that a friend or a loved one can, can give, even though those are great, but needs a divine message from God himself. You have the potential and the ability. Every single one of, every single believer in Christ, every single child of God that is here this morning, you have the potential and you have the ability to prophetically proclaim a word from God for somebody else. It is not only for the prophet. So Paul, in this verse that I just read, was not speaking to a group of prophets. He was speaking to the Corinthian church. He was speaking to just believers of God like yourselves. He was speaking to lay ministers. He was speaking to disciples. He was speaking to teachers. He was just speaking to children of God. And he was saying to them, I wish every single one of you would speak in tongues. But even more, I wish every single one of you would prophesy. He wasn't saying, I wish every single one of you would be a prophet. Because God hasn't called every single one of us to be a prophet. But I believe that he's called every single one of us to prophesy in a time of need. Are you breathing? So today and next week, we're going to be talking about the Valley of Dry Bones. It's a place in the Old Testament. And we're going to dive, we're going to look at it in two ways this week and next week. So we're going to look at it this morning and actually what was happening with Ezekiel himself and what was occurring and what was God actually having him do. And then next week we're going to actually look at the circumstance surrounding what God had called him to say. So I'm going to read it in context. and This is about 10 verses, so let's read the hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, and it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around, 
and behold, there were very many in the open valley. And indeed, they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, O Lord God, you know. Again, he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live. I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise and suddenly a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Also, he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God. Come from the four winds, O breath. Breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them. And they lived and stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. As I was reading that, I felt the Holy Spirit want me to read Acts chapter 2. Let me pull this on my computer real fast. Maybe as a confirmation to somebody, I don't know. For prophecy. So, Acts chapter 2 is when the Holy Spirit was poured out, poured out in an overflowing baptismal way for the children of God that was waiting for the promise as Jesus commanded. Jesus, or not Jesus, Peter stood up and he preached his very first message after Jesus had ascended to heaven and 3,000 people got saved. And this is something that he said. For whatever reason, I'm just following the Holy Spirit right now. This is for somebody. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you. And heed my words, for these are not drunk as you suppose. So the Holy Spirit was making people do some funky stuff where the world thought they were drunk. You can't tell me that the Holy Spirit doesn't cause us to get a little bit undignified sometimes. These jokers, you know, the world thought they were drunk. You ever been around some crazy drunk people? Just go to a St. Louis Blues hockey game and you will see about 60% of 2,000 people just drunk. And they get wild, they get crazy. I'm, I'm exaggerating, not that many, but... The point is, they get wild and crazy. Anyway, I'm sorry, it's a rabbit trail. Since it is only the third hour of the day, we're talking about nine o'clock, but this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams, and on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour up my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. This is very serious.
my message to you this morning is very serious. It's a message of direction. It's a message from God saying, it's time to prophesy. And it's time that the church stop relegating prophecy to a man behind a pulpit. But it's time the church begin to realize that if you're a child of God, whether you're young or old, male, female, men servant or maid servant, you are called by God in the last days to prophesy truth to whoever needs the truth in that moment. Amen. Acts 2, in the area that I just read, was, is basically a, a, a set of verses that, that is in the context of prophesying. And what I love, absolutely love about this verse is the equality behind it. The equality of young and old. The equality of male and female and the equality of leader and servant. So he says right here, your sons and your daughters. In other words, the young people has, a, has the potential to prophesy. So we have no right to despise our youth. He says, your young men and your old men. We're talking about a variety of generations. We'll see visions and see dreams. Visions and dreams is closely connected to prophecy. It's one of the way God speaks to his people. And then he says, on your men servants and your maid servants. So we got two things happening right there. We have male and female, but then we have, we have people of a lower echelon of leadership or authority. So in the last days, which is the days we are in, God is saying there is equality across the board. It doesn't matter who you are, whether you're a leader or whether you're a servant, whether you are male or whether you are female, whether you are young or whether you are old, you are called to prophesy. Because every category here has an ear to hear, a mind to understand, and a heart to receive a divine interjection from God so that they can raise up and declare truth in a moment to where truth is needed and truth is the only thing that has set somebody free. So we cannot put any kind of blame on God in regards to him not speaking to certain people, we have to take responsibility whether God speaks or not on whether we have positioned ourselves and we have allowed ourselves to hear what God wants to say in the moment in which we are standing. Amen? And that could be any moment. That can be a moment when you're looking at your bills and you see that you're $1,000 behind this month. 
That can be in the hospital room when your loved one is sick and you don't know what's going to happen. That can be in the middle of an argument between you and your spouse and all hell and high water is breaking loose. It can be any moment in life. It can be in a moment when you feel depressed. It can be a moment when you feel suicidal. It can be in a moment when you are tempted with perversion. It can be any kind of moment. And the important thing is, is we open our mind and we open our heart to be able to prophetically speak to the circumstance in which we are in so the circumstance can be changed if it is not following the will of God for the season or the moment you are in. Prophesy over your bills. Prophesy over your children. Prophesy over your purity. Prophesy over your health. Prophesy over your families. Amen. And I'm not just speaking Declaring, there's a difference between declaring. Declaring is your mind working according to the word of God. You declare the promises and the truth over your circumstance. Prophesying is getting an interjection from God going, going in the context or going off of what you're going through. So there's a difference when, some, when a preacher comes up and he gives a prophetic word or he gives a declaring word. I can get up any day and time and I can de- declare to you the truth. But in order for me to give a prophetic word, I got to get before God, open my ears, open my heart, hear what God wants to say and prophesy to you the truth from God for that moment. See, there's a difference in you declaring truth of your, over your life and you prophesying truth over your life. When you prophesy truth over your life, over your life, you begin, it comes from a mind with God, a connection with God and, a, and an ear that hears from God and a voice that speaks from God. Anybody can declare, but not anybody can prophesy. The reason I say that is because prophecy requires being connected with God and hearing His voice as opposed to declaring is just knowing what the Bible says. Religious people can declare. Spiritual people that is connected with God can prophesy. Am I making sense this morning? So prophecy, in other words, is bringing God or allowing God into your circumstance. It's going deeper. It's not just declaring the word. It's prophesying what God is saying about your circumstance. Amen? I have some needs in my life, and for quite some time, I keep having the Lord, and I haven't done it yet. Shame on me. I keep having the Lord tell me to print out some images of these needs in my life, put them in an envelope, and pray, declare, and prophesy over the images that's in that envelope. There's a difference in just declaring, God said, I'll prosper. God says, by his stripes, I am healed. God is literally And this past week, for whatever reason, it's just been like the Holy Spirit just, 
hitting me, hitting me, hitting me, hitting me, hitting me, hitting me. Jonathan, take your need, create an image, and you prophesy over it. It's getting God involved in your life. Let's get into the Word. I'm, 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 I don't apologize because the uh, Holy Spirit had me go in there. Let's see. Let's open this up. All righty. Sorry about that. So the Valley of Dry Bones, just the name itself represents a struggle. Look at a valley in the Bible, it represents a struggle. Look at dryness in the Bible, it represents a struggle. What we have right here is a man of God that is being placed right in the middle of the struggle to change the circumstance. So let's just see what is happening with him going off of the verses that we read. Verse 2, then he said, then he caused me to pass by them all around, and behold, there were very many in the open valley, and indeed, they were very dry. What's very important to recognize here is, number one, the experience that God required Ezekiel to go through before he could prophesy. So before Ezekiel could prophesy to these dry bones, Ezekiel had to get in the valley where the dry bones was at, and he had to go through an experience to know exactly what was occurring with the dry bones. Sometimes, a lot of times, God causes us to go through seasons that will enable us to prophesy with impact and effectiveness to a circumstance and to a season that somebody else is going through. Sometimes it's not that God forces us into this season. Sometimes God uses this season. We got two things. Sometimes God forces us into a valley of dryness. And there is a plan and there is a purpose to use the insight, to use the wisdom, to use the experience, to use the revelation. To give us this knowledge so that we know how to speak properly. So we know how to speak according to truth over a circumstance that maybe someone we're connected to will be going to in the future. Or we might, by stupid choices, might find ourselves in a valley of dryness because maybe we said some things, done some things, chosen some things that has put us there. And it's not that God forced us there, but now because we're there, God is going to use it for glory, for impact, and for effectiveness for the future. Does that make sense? So Ezekiel, it says that he passed back and forth. He had to get the details. 
He realized when you, when, when you read what he wrote, it says that he caused me, God caused Ezekiel, to pass by them all around. And behold, it says there were very many, and indeed they were very dry. So you see what happened with Ezekiel. He was right in the middle of the dry bones. Sometimes God calls you to a dry place so that you can prophesy life and bring back to life that place. But now, get this. It doesn't mean you have to be dry. Was Ezekiel dry? Jesus was sent to a sinful world, but was he sinful? No. Ezekiel was sent to a dry valley, but was he dry? So there is times that God might send us into a season or into a place, into an area where there could be sickness, there could be poverty, there could be struggle, there could be issues. And it doesn't mean we have to be sick. It doesn't mean we have to be poverty stricken. It doesn't mean we have to be weak. It doesn't mean we have to be dry. But it does mean we need to be strong. It does mean we need to be insightful. It does mean we need to be able to hear. It does mean we need to be able to listen. In the context of our current social circumstance, we are in a valley of dry bones, and we do not need to be fearful. We do not need to be controlled. We do not need to be consumed and overwhelmed by everything else that the world is. But we need to have faith in God. We need to have deep connection with God. We need to have trust in the Lord. And we need to rise up in the midst of fear and in the midst of chaos and in the midst of trouble and declare and to prophesy the truth of God over the circumstance without being affected by the circumstance. Amen? I don't believe Ezekiel would have been able to prophesy like he did to these dry bones if he himself would allow the circumstance to dry him out. Are you allowing the circumstance to dry you out? Are you allowing the circumstance to control you? Are you allowing the circumstance to steal faith and to steal courage and to steal intimacy with God and to steal righteousness? What are you allowing the circumstance and the season you're in to do to your life? God is raising up some people to be who they are called to be in the midst of the valley so that you can prophesy life to the valley and not be a bunch of dead dry bones with all the other dead dry bones. It's time 
that we are separated from the world. That our kingdom is not of this earth. So our concerns is not over this earth. My kingdom is of a higher grade domain that will be my eternity. And therefore, the totality and what overwhelms me and what consumes me is my interaction and my connection and what's going on with the true home that I will be going to one day. Amen. Let me jump back out here. In verse 3, he, Ezekiel said, and he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? This is, this is going to be for some of us here. So I answered, oh, Lord God, you know. Sometimes we will be in a circumstance that is too great for our faith. Think about this. Wrap your brain around this. God's, God asked him, can these bones live? Ezekiel said, or excuse me, Ezekiel did not say, yes, I know these bones could live. He did not say, yes, I see it, I envision it, and you are so great, God. But he did not speak doubt either. He did not have the eye of faith, but he did not have the voice of doubt either. You may not have the eye of faith for the circumstance you're in, but by God, don't you allow the mouth of doubt to ever rise up in your circumstance. What he had was a trust in God. What did he say? He said, Oh Lord God, you know. He kept his trust in God intact. His, res his response showcased a dependency on God that was not going to decline, not going to lessen. Let's just, let, let, let's be real not every day we have the faith. You're looking at the doctor's report. You're looking at the bank account. Your kid just came home at 3 o'clock in the morning from a wild party. Do you always have the faith? I don't. But what I do have is I have a trust in God. What I do have is the Word of God. What I do have is a testimony of historical experiences that God hasn't failed me and God will not fail me. 
And what I can control, what I can control is what comes out of this mouth. In that moment, I may not be able to control what I believe will or won't happen, but I can control what comes out of my mouth. And what comes out of my, what comes out of my mouth ain't going to be fear. What comes out of my mouth ain't going to be worry. What comes out of my mouth ain't going to give the glory to the devil. What comes out of my mouth ain't going to be, oh, that my, my, my family did this and my family did that and my kids used to do this and my kids used to do that. What's going to come out of my mouth is a praise unto God himself. What's going to come out of my declaration, what is going to come out of my mouth is the goodness and the glory and the power and the mightiness and the believing and the reality and the existence of all my God over my circumstance. Amen. There will be a disconnect from my mind and my mouth and my mouth will be controlled by my spirit and not by my mind or my eyes. Ezekiel said, oh Lord God, you know. You know. As if to say, I'm just a servant, but you're God. You know, and I'm just going to go off of what you know. Ezekiel didn't give up on God because of what he knew or what he did not know. Are you giving up? Have you given up on God because of what your eyes have seen and what your mind has wrapped itself around on the fake news and the real news and the lying news and your neighbor's news and your city's news and the mayor's news and all this news junk? I had to, find, I had to go through a whole list of words there that, 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 that was not offensive, right? you know? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, some of you are too righteous for that, but some of you are real. You know what I was meaning right there. Come on, can I get an amen for realness? When you leave the church, you can just say what I was thinking, all right? He didn't give up on God because of what he heard, what he saw, what he wrapped his brains around. He stayed in tune with God. Verse 4, then again he said to me, prophesy to these bones. This is what this says to me. Is you don't have, a, have to have all the faith to prophesy. You just have to have the trust in the God to prophesy. Again he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Bank account, hear the word of the Lord. Sickness, hear the word of the Lord. Disease, hear the word of the Lord. Marriage, hear the word of the Lord. Kiddos, hear the word of the Lord. Circumstance, hear the word of the Lord. It's not about somebody else's word, but it's about God's word. Going back to the two forms of word that we live by. We live by the Logos word, which is the written word. That's the Bible, the B-I-B-L-E. And then it's the Rhema word. It's the revelation of that word for your circumstance. It's 
So you might be going through something. And God will just give you a verse that is logos, but it's a, it becomes a rhema because it is applicable to your circumstance. And it may not be applicable to my circumstance. That's why we don't build, we don't build theology and we don't build doctrine and we don't, we don't build what we absolutely live by off of one another's rhemas. Because what's a rhema for you may not be a rhema for me and what's a rhema for me may not be a rhema for you. Does that make sense? But when God gives us a rhema, it's what we prophesy, it's what we declare, it's what we live by, it's what sustains us and gives us sustenance. Because a personal rhema has a foundation of absolute truth, which is the logos form of the word. So he, Ezekiel obeyed. Verse 7, so I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise. And suddenly a rattling. And the bones came together, bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them over. But... We'll get to the butt here in a minute. There was no breath in them. The impossible was happening. He says, as I was prophesying. As I was prophesying. As. Can somebody say, as, as, A-S, A-S. As you prophesy. As you prophesy. As you prophesy. As you prophesy. As you prophesy, 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 as you prophesy. As you prophesy, 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 as you as you prophesy, 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 the bones will come to bones. The muscles will grow. The sinews will grow. The miracles will happen. The power will come. God will do what he says he will do. As, 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 as you prophesy. Don't stop prophesying. Don't stop prophesying. 
Don't stop prophesying. Don't stop prophesying. In other words, don't stop listening to God speak. Don't stop getting in the quiet place of Almighty God. Don't stop getting in the secret place. Don't stop connecting with God. Don't stop getting in his word. Don't stop singing and praise. Don't stop. Because when you don't stop that, you don't stop prophesying. And when you don't stop prophesying, there's nothing that can stop him from doing what he said he will do. Amen. Woo! As I was commanded And as I prophesy, Jesus Christ, don't stop. As I was commanded, it ain't about what I'm telling you. It's about what God's telling you. As I was commanded and as I prophesied, whoo, there was a noise. The circumstance, the season, the atmosphere was beginning to change. Oh, I'm here to prophesy to somebody today. As you prophesy according to what you're commanded, all of a sudden in the spirit, you're going to begin to hear a noise. You know, like one of those zombies that was dead, and all of a sudden they begin to come back. Like, I know you guys seen some zombie movies, right? Uh, don't act all whole. We got some real people in here. You guys like some zombie movies? Zombie video games are pretty darn cool. Anyway. The noise. He, he heard a noise. He heard a noise. He began to the change. It happened in his ear. Holy, 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 holy. It happened in his ears. It happened in his ears. It happened. In, do you know why you cannot stop hearing the voice of God? Because if you stop hearing the voice of God, you will stop hearing the change. And if you stop hearing the change, your faith will not increase. But if you keep your ears open to God, you're not only going to hear the command, but you're going to hear the change, the change, the change, the change, the change. The change may not come out of your sight first. To, oh, goodness gracious. Oh, faith. Faith does not come. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. Woo! Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the God Almighty. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Dang, good goodness gracious. Oh, someone's gave you one of those, those by words. Oh, God Almighty, I'm about to blow, blow up. You got to keep your ears open to God. 
You got to keep your ears open to God. You got to keep your ears open to God. You got to keep your ears open to God. Not the news. Not, not the fear. Not, not, not the control. Keep your ears open to God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The first thing you're going to experience in a change is what you hear. I will believe. In other words, I will hear the report of the Lord. Ooh, that's for some people. That's for some people. Look at somebody and say, that's for you whether you know it or not. Goodness gracious. Sometimes we give up too quick, or sometimes we settle for less. We think one dab do you when God wants to fill you. Okay. Some of you think filling the Holy Ghost here at church is enough for you. But you don't just need to fill the Holy Ghost here at church. You need to fill the Holy Ghost in your bedroom. In your living room, when you're watching TV and your favorite team ain't winning, you really need to feel the Holy Ghost then. <laughs> On your job, in your car, a little doubt don't do you. So Ezekiel began to hear it, and he began to feel it, and he began to see it, but God wasn't complete. Also, he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath. Thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as, again, number two, as he commanded me. And breath came into them. And they lived and stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. Just because you have the makings of a great army doesn't mean you have a great army. Just because you have the makings of a good blessing doesn't mean that you have experienced the totality of your blessing. And just because God did for you today it doesn't mean that he's finished doing for you tomorrow. Sometimes we call it quits. Sometimes we think it's enough. We think, sometimes we think that's all we got to do. But God has more. See this, the army had everything that it took, quote, to be an army. Sometimes in our churches, we think we have it all because we might have the look, and we might have the sound, and we might have the programs, and we might have the numbers, but there's a lot more to it than that. The army was an army, but they didn't have the breath of God in them. Your circumstance 
might change, but it doesn't mean it can contain the breath of Almighty God. And so God wants you to go a step further. And not only, you, not only for us to prophesy change in our circumstance, but to go a little bit further and bring His Spirit, His breath into our circumstance so that our circumstance is controlled by the four winds. For me, so there's a, lot, there's, there's a lot of ideas on what these four winds mean. These four winds, to me, means the four spirits or the four powers of Jesus. Jesus as a man, Jesus as a servant, Jesus as a king, Jesus, Jesus as a say, servant, king, man, son of God. It was the totality, it was the completeness. It was all of Jesus, which here in Ezekiel, it relates to the beast that Ezekiel had a vision of in the very beginning of his book. And when you go study out the beast in the very beginning of Jesus, you see in the very beginning of Ezekiel, you see that that beast represents Jesus. It's the four characteristics, the four qualities, the four spirits, the four powers of Jesus Christ. And then when you come to this point, and it talks about the four breaths, the four spirits, because when, you, when God breathes, it's his spirit that comes out. The Bible says that Adam was formed, shaped, completely a man, but he did not have life. He did not have the breath of God. He did not have the spirit in him. And the Bible says that God breathed into his nostrils and the spirit of God filled Adam up to life. So God can bless you. God can rearrange you. God can restructure. God can change your circumstance. But God needs to breathe into your circumstance. So the Spirit of God is just completely overfilling and and working and empowering your circumstance. going deeper. It's going further. It's allowing God to complete. Don't settle for just being healed. Ask God for the Spirit to come in so then you can start healing. Don't settle for your marriage to be restored. Ask for the Spirit of God to come in so that He can use you to restore other marriages. Don't just ask God to bless you financially, but ask God to bless you abundantly so now the Spirit can use your blessing to bless others. It's going deeper. It's going further. It's giving the Holy Ghost a chance. It's allowing the fullness of Jesus to come into your circumstance. So, it's not just about you, but it's about him and you. I don't want to just be blessed. I want to be blessed. I just don't want to be blessed. I want to be blessed, but I also want the Spirit of God to lead, guide, be in control, and feel every aspect of my blessing. Does that make, am I making sense? I know I, I, know I kind of got a little weird and got a little deep there with all the beast things. 
Does that make sense? We can't just settle for just a blessing in church. We have to be filled with the four winds of God so that that life we live out there represents the fullness of who Christ is in here. Don't be settled just for a touch. Don't be settled just for getting your needs met. Seek, speak, and prophesy all of it. Amen? Hmm. We'll go ahead and have the worship team come. My message today was to tell you to prophesy. In short, but how do you prophesy? You prophesy by hearing his command. His command. It's not hocus pocus. It's not magic tricks. It's not about just wanting a new car and then you go into the car lot and prophesying over that car. It's way, 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 way more to it than that. It's about you and I opening our ears to God, hearing what He commands, and prophesying it according to the circumstance we're in or the circumstance that somebody else is in that we're in with them. Thank you so much for joining us. We hope God spoke to you personally and continues to encourage you throughout the day and the coming week. We'll see you next time.